This is Shan Wu. Welcome to the Life and Home podcast, season three. And this is Johanna Landgren. This season, we explore the many ways men view and experience home. We'll be having authentic conversations with men from all walks of life and all corners of the globe, delving into their unique stories and perspectives on what home means for, to them. From cultural differences to personal histories, we'll uncover the intricacies of how they create a sense of belonging in their own spaces. Ultimately, our hope is that these conversations will empower you to reconnect with the meaning of home and inspire you to fall in love with yourself through the mirror of your own home. So sit back, relax, and join us as we journey around the world to discover what makes a space a home. Hello, everybody. This is a Life and Home podcast, and you are listening to our special season, Man's View of Home. And today we have a very special guest, Aaron. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm willing to bear my soul with regards to this important topic. So shoot <laughs> away. All right. Okay. So, Aaron, um, can you tell everybody a little bit where you are and who you are and what you do? Okay. A brief synopsis of my life in two minutes. The defining moments of my life were, first of all, the early death of my mother when I was only eight years old. This actually cast a, a profound shadow and loneliness in my life. I was always interested in doing research, uh, studying, looking into things. I was also a very religious person in a religious family. And these came together very nicely in my choosing to become uh, uh, a teacher of religion, a Roman Catholic to be more exact. And for 25 years, I was teaching in uh, three different Roman Catholic seminaries. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was a, a marvelous experience. And then after that, I plunged myself into um, women's studies. And I conceived of the idea that the future of the planet is really going to be in the hands of inventful and significant women. I didn't want to leave out the men entirely, but I had despaired of what men had done. And so I banded together with a group from uh, the UK and we started up a, a worldwide women's college, uh, which I developed technically wow. and personally for seven years. It, it was the most engaging situation for teaching that I've ever, ever experienced in my life. After the seven years, it became part of the official Roehampton University of London, part of their official program. So I, I passed it off to, uh, uh, once again, a glorious future. But that kind of a glorious future leads you 
to be the citizen of the world. I, I already hear in UK, you mentioned about, as I know you uh, before, you're from US. And where are you now in part of the world? Okay, now I'm in Shanghai, China. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> yes. Oh, it just made me feel like I miss home already because you're there. Uh, seven years ago, the women's college that I spoke of earlier was passed on to Roehampton University. And for the first time in my life, I was retired. Re retired from teaching, retired from any other official capacity that I had. I was a potter also, but I, I didn't retire from pottering. I kept it as a hobby. It was the first time in my life that there was any room to feel loneliness. The, the excitement and the adventure of, of teaching women worldwide was so engaging. I mean, it ate up, uh, I would say, 50 to 55 hours every week. I had no time <laughs> for the, the questions of the heart. Mm. But going back to my mother's death, there was still a hole in my heart. Uh, mm. I was looking for the, the intimate attachment to uh, a particular woman that would actually allow me to say that this woman knows me through and through probably better than I know myself. And that I know I can say the same thing of her. After closing down or passing on the uh, college, I started online dating. Uh, actually a new online site uh, that seemed quite promising. Uh, and I went there in uh, late October. I found 12 women that uh, appealed to me and wrote uh, very specific and um, I thought very inviting responses to what they had presented about themselves. Only three women responded. And I, I was a bit dejected deject by that, but it was enough because among them was Elena. Elena who opened up her self-presentation saying, La vita è bella. That's Italian for life is beautiful. And I thought, Whoa, wow, this is someone that I want to get to know. And over a period of three months, we started actually exchanging conversations, uh, emails really, um, on a daily basis. Sometimes only 50, 50 words, sometimes 500 words. So wow. we, we were on a real roll. We got deeper, deeper, deeper into our life histories, our the things that brought meaning to our life, the pain in our life, the tragedy that had marked our lives. I would very much like everybody to know, Erin wrote a book about this love story. And what is the book? The Red String Chronicles of every word that we exchanged between each other for the first three months. What does a home mean to you? Okay, well, needless to say, at different points in my life, home and the notion of home and the experience of home has changed. Mm. Uh, we're looking now at uh, the last love of my life, Elena, and her invitation for me to come to Shanghai mm. and, and to meet with her so that we can actually see whether there is a future together. 
Well, she is a truly unusual individual. Elena's particular mission in this world is to rescue stray dogs. <laughs> and we, we now have actually eight of them in the house. So part of being home is also to be uh, attentive to and interacting with our eight dogs. Each of them have a distinctive personality. And because I was very much attached to Elena, I began to retrain myself to become attached to her dogs as well. And for the first time in my life, I have an emotional attachment to dogs. Oh, wow. It never happened before. But that but is now, a, such a beautiful oh, attachment. Yeah. Home for me now is not just attachment to the human beings that, they're, that are there, but attachment to the dogs that were there or, mm. and are there, and actually four cats as well. Wow. That sounds amazing. With this attachment, you guys went through a pretty tough time during the pandemic. How do you view home differently? Okay. Uh, very succinctly, for about a year, the, uh, the health department here in the compound where we live was asking everyone to actually stay at home effectively. Uh, no one was to go to work, uh, no one was to go to school, uh, we weren't to go to movie theaters, dancing, nothing. Uh, so uh, life came to, our social life and our business life came to a, a grinding halt and all we had uh, is uh, each, each other and even then it was very restricted. In order to prevent the uh, the spread of the uh, virus, but Ellen and I quickly realized that this is not going to work for our dogs. Dogs need a time where they can actually be free, go outdoors, explore, chase a few cats, <laughs> sniff at the messages that have been left by other other, other dogs. <laughs> yeah. And so what we did is we got up at six o'clock in the morning when it was still pitch dark and we walked our dogs during that particular period when no one was about and then the second period that we used was after dark eight o'clock we walked our dogs again for a half hour each time this was a bit of a daring step the health department didn't take kindly to people making personal exemptions and we felt that it would be a waste of time to try to explain our particular situation. Only we knew what was our particular situation and what our dogs needed. So we went ahead, stepped outside of the law in order to provide this service to our, our very important family members. <laughs> yes. When you said it is so such a vivid, I believe the dog become kind of a joy for your home also yeah and because it's oh, a boy. Become, you, yeah that is that is that is really the case whenever we go away hmm. or every day when uh, elena comes back from uh, uh, 
her affairs in town, the dogs go wild. <laughs> they actually go wild. They they're they're jumping around and jump is something jumping on Elena. Yeah. And, and uh, there's a, there's a kind of wrestling matches going on. Oh, it's it's just <laughs> it's just lovely to behold. Oh, what a beautiful pack. What is the most unloved memory of home? Uh, home for me has been uh, the place where I can become truly myself. No one is watching. Those who are watching love me and take me for I for who I am, and so I can do spontaneous dancing in the living room. Uh, I can sing my songs uh, when it seems appropriate. I can do my uh, Taekwondo. It's the place of nearly complete freedom. Mm. Now, I say nearly complete because I have to actually respect the fact that I, I don't want to, uh, to, to, uh, to frighten or in any way uh, injure any of the members of my family. Mm. And I surely don't want to uh, become a, a pest. That hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, the this the sense of personal freedom uh, uh, in the confines of my home, I think, is uh, is is the is the first thing that comes to mind. And of course, during the uh, the time that we were shut in, there was even more importance given to this personal freedom. I couldn't imagine. But is, when you talked about how you could utilize the space and still enjoying that personal freedom in such a shared space, I, I still sense that joy and happiness in you. There is not much frustration or it's just happy. It is, it is, it is, it is extremely, extremely happy. Uh, I. I pride myself in being a, a real personal, uh, outgoing person. And, it's, and, it, and this is especially the possibility that, uh, that uh, Elena and our, our animal friends allows for me. Uh, the time that we spend together is, is, is almost like a, I, I would say, a, a, a sacred moment. Mm. Because it, uh, it 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 allows the not only the energy within our lives, but actually our 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 self definition, our our mission in the world, to be honored and appreciated. I respect uh, Elena and what she's doing in terms of uh, rescuing uh, abandoned animals. I, I really do. At first. I didn't know what value this might actually have, but now I see it as actually not only the mission that is important for the animals, but a mission that is important for Elena in the deepest sense. Who she is, is a rescuer in mm. this world. Oh. And it's lovely to see that. And I support her 200%. Hmm in that particular endeavor and she supports me in what i'm doing i'm mm -hmm. a, I'm, a, I'm still a research writer uh i write uh, some fiction i'm uh writing a 
and autobiography, she regards these things that I'm doing as important also for me. Yeah. She wouldn't do these things herself, but nonetheless, because I'm attached to them, she gives that gives time and importance for that. So it's not a it's not a waste of time uh, uh, that I'm writing and entering contests involving my <laughs> writing, uh, creating a few big books along the way. Uh, this this becomes a you know part of what she wants to support in me, part of the unique Aaron. And this is part of my mission in the world. If I'm going to make a change in the world, it'll probably be through my writing. I definitely can't wait to the world to see what you wrote. The view you see love life, the view you see home uh, for two people together, the most important thing is to mutually respect each other and honoring each other uh, who you are and also what you do and what you love to do and support that and in order to make it bigger and be more su supportive and that's how the world needs uh, today sure. if you could leave something to the audience and um, from the perspective of if the if the home is the mirror of who you are, what inspiration you would leave to us? If someone would ask me, uh, what is my formula for a productive and endearing family life? I would say listening deeply. My, my, my task, my commitment to Elena, first of all, is to listen deeply mm -hmm. to the joy, to the pain, to the contribution that she wants to make uh, within our society and to, by listening, to actually embrace and to cooperate and support her in what she's doing. Mm. And in return, she does this for me. I could not imagine myself living with someone who was adverse to, for instance, for my mission as a writer, Believing the part of me that is perhaps most significant in terms of the future world out of the picture. And so listening deeply is the way in which uh, Elena comes to find out what is my calling in terms of what the universe needs today and tomorrow. Mm. Do not hesitate to share your deepest feelings, your deepest thoughts with those at home, mm. with those that you love, with mm. friends. Matter of fact, purposely make time for this deep sharing. And when you share with them, they will actually share their stories with you. And in so doing, it's not just simply a home which is part of the insular, but it becomes actually a community, a community that is reaching out to each other and in a significant way, refining, upholding, and cherishing the community. Oh, wow. I have tears, but I'm smiling. Thank you, Aaron, for the wonderful, wonderful sharing. And I'm looking forward to inviting you and Elena coming back for our episode 
especially for couples. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's indeed a, a such a fulfilling, joyful conversation. Looking forward to see you again. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Sean, and thank you, and welcome to all the listening audience. Yes, I will make sure our, our um, audience will reach out to you and find you as a resource for support and, and be part of this uh, healing the world process. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Aaron. See you next time. Mm -hmm.